it's also um, a blessing that God allows us to worship him and has brought us into worship. It is a huge blessing. I would like for us to not take such things for granted. Uh, I would like for us to just um, know what God has done for us, know what he has given to us. And also, I would like for us to, uh, in the light of that statement, I would like for us to allow ourselves, as the one of the, uh, the reading said, the last part of the reading, excuse me, um, the last part of the reading, being tethered to his love. You're, you're tied to that love. Uh, and uh, when I think about tethered, I always go, my mind goes back to my old Western movies uh, when they would tie the horse, you know, and uh, make sure that they were secure. And you and I are secure uh, in the love of Jesus Christ. And let's don't think that that's one of the lesser things. Uh, we, want the, we want to see people get out of wheelchairs. I think people getting out of wheelchairs and blinded, blind eyes open are a part of love. I really believe that. And I think that love is God's greatest gift because he, uh, the Bible, we know that Jesus is healing. We know that, that he is salvation. But the Bible says uh, very uh, expressly that God is love. And so we want to make sure that we understand that fully and thoroughly. So I, I want us to continue to talk because of, uh, about love because of so many things that are going on in the world, I, I would say that is probably why the Holy Spirit had us to do that, to deal with love. We have all of these issues, not because so much that people are bad. We know that, that uh, evil proceeds from, uh, a wickedness proceeds from the wicked. Evil proceeds from the evil. But we also know that you and I have the ability to overcome evil with good. That's what the scripture says. So I would say it's not so much that evil is so powerful. Wickedness is so powerful. The church has become that entity that points a finger. Uh, and I, I, I've heard it so much, and I have to tell you, because that's my calling is to tell you. My, my calling is not to be quiet about it. We, I, I hear so many believers that really think they're right in blaming others pointing the finger at others when they have not loved the way God has told us, commanded us to love. He has commanded us to love. And when he commanded us to love, he spoke that to us. And he gave us the Holy Spirit. And when he gave us the Holy Spirit, the love of God then was generously, copiously uh, poured out in our hearts. The love of God was not just given in little sprinkles. It was poured out in our heart generously by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't come to just make us weird people. He, he came to bring us God himself. And so God himself has taken up residence in the believer. So when you look at, at problems, I think we can't blame the world. We are asking the world to do things that the world is incapable of doing. And the people who are capable the, the people who have the answer and the solution aren't doing what they're supposed to do. They're joining the world as a part of the rabble. So I would like to just be just uh, head on in, in dealing with this situation. I'm talking about the love of God uh, during these days. And tonight, uh, today, my subject is a new commandment. This is a new commandment. And when we talk about a commandment, we, we know it's something that God says, it's something that God 
uh, mandates, but it's a divine rule. When God gives you a commandment, that is a divine rule. That, that those are words from God that you don't have the authority, you don't have a leeway to change them to suit your condition. You do not. It's also uh, an authoritative prescription. Uh, remember, we've talked about there are things in the Word of God that are descriptions. They describe things, describe what's going on, describe uh, various acts and actions. But then there are things that are prescriptive. You have to take this and do it. Like when the doctor says, okay, take two of these pills in the morning, take two in the evening. You take one in the morning and none in the evening and think you're going to get well. <clears throat> but you're not going to get well. And this is what God is saying to us is that he is giving us the, a love commandment. And this love commandment will cure our ills and the ills of those in our sphere. In John chapter 13, we find a scripture reads in verses 34 and 5. Jesus is speaking. He says, a new commandment I give to you. And by the way, when I said, I did not say he said. He says, present tense, the eternal now. So the word of God is the eternal now. You know, you know who I learned? I, I, I learned that more clearly from our sister Lupe Wilson. Uh, she was correcting one of my writings, and she said, you said said. You should say says. I thought, from now on, I will say says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. Uh, so simple, yet so powerful. Jesus is saying to his disciples, his apostles, I'm giving you this new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you selflessly, faithfully, for the, uh, the good of another, of the other, and not because I feel so much like it. I want you to love selflessly as I've loved you. I want you to give everything to another as I've given to you. You and I cannot love in an agape way. We cannot agape anyone until we go to, to uh, beyond our human feelings. We cannot. But most of us are still trying to love in a, in a humanistic way, in a human way, rather. And it becomes humanistic. It becomes something of the earth. It is not something of God. He says, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so what God is saying through Jesus is that there is something otherworldly about this kind of love. You cannot love like this without the Spirit of God. And what the world needs now is the Spirit of God manifestly present in our lives and, and through our lives. That's what the world needs now. The world doesn't need a church that's just like them. But right now, frankly, brothers and sisters, that's what I see. And I don't have jaundiced vision. My spiritual vision is 2020. John 14, 21 explains this love a bit too because this is not the love, as it were, that God has, but the love that God is. And so God then gives us the love that he is. When you and I have God, we have this kind of love. The question is whether we will go beyond our feelings and personal motives. 
Listen to what Jesus says. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Before I go further, he didn't command the world. He commanded us. And if I were to just tell you exactly like I feel it, I'm tired of Christians demanding of the world what they refuse to give. We do it all the time, and we think we're right. There's hardly a session I, I, I attend where there are, there's not some brother or some sister who is talking about the world and all of its evil and what they're doing in Washington or Austin. And I'm, I'm asking myself, well, the Bible didn't say if the heathen who, who are called by my name, because they're not called by God's name. He says, if my people who are called by my name. Amen. This commandment is, is to us and not to the world. It's to us and not to the world. So stop putting off on people what they're incapable of doing. You're telling a, a, a blind man uh, to leave you, and, and the blind man can't because the blind man cannot see. But then what we do it all the time, and we think that we're really, really in the groove. That's wrong, brothers and sisters. Jesus says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it's, that's us, the church. It is he who loves me. Now, what Jesus is saying to us, if you keep these commandments, what he's talking about, if you do them prescriptively, if you take them, if you meet them out. He says, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Jesus is saying the, the litmus test of, of your love is your obedience, that you will walk in this kind of love. Walk in this kind of love in your home, husbands and wives. And when you, can, when you can assemble with the brethren, you ought to assemble with the brethren, not stay at home. You know, you know uh, let me just say this, and, and please uh, see my heart here. You know, what we've done, we, we have made sure that we do what uh, Sister Rochelle calls people distancing. So we're not socially distanced. She says we're people distancing. And so that means we could get a good number of people in here tonight uh, safely because we also installed an air conditioning uh, purification system to make sure that we were safe. And then uh, uh, to boot, we have masks and we have hand sanitizers. We have all kinds. We spray down the seats before you come in. And, and after you leave, we, we sanitize everything. So there's no excuse. And you have to stick. So Jesus is telling us uh, uh, some things that we must internalize. And that is that we, can, we are better when we are obeying. Jesus says, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, which brings amazing benefits. He says, because what God will do, he will do the same thing he did for the Son, because he, he loved the Son, and he showed the Son everything he was doing. So the church is sort of sometimes groping because we have not fulfilled this simple command, not a request. It is he who loves me, the one who keeps my commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I will let him know who I am and what I'm doing. That's amazing. I love walking with Jesus. I know you do, and I know you have these amazing encounters with the Lord. I have them, I, I, and I am so unworthy. I, you know, the, more, the closer I come to the Lord, the more I see him, more clearly I see him, the more I realize I am so unworthy of this. I am so unworthy of God taking his wonderful time to wake me up at 2 or 3 in the morning and have a conversation with me. I am so unworthy. How did that happen? But he'll do it to you. So you want to be a, a, a seeker of God. 
In John 14, 23 and 24, he says, Jesus answered and said, because Judas asked him um, a question in verse uh, 22. Uh, I think Judas asked him, how are you going to do this and, and not to the world? But he says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. So when you and I disobey, that's a sign of not loving God. Because he's already given us the, the new heart. He's given us his Holy Spirit. So that we have ability. All right. He says, um, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. And we will come to that person. We'll make our home. So that, that's amazing. So brothers and sisters, we sometimes hear these things and we just kind of forget about what they're, uh, they're saying. We forget about the import, the, hev the heaviness of this truth. He says, we'll come. So what happens in the believer, we know that Jesus is in our heart. Jesus is our salvation. But the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit said, we will make an abode. That's why we're the temple of God. So love dwells in us. But are we drawing the love out? In, in, in tough situations, we, the, the love should come out. Uh, and I, I, I will talk about that uh, perhaps later. Verse 24 says, he who does not love me does not keep my words. And so when you find yourself in perpetual disobedience, you may uh, disobey for a while and say, oh, God, forgive me. I don't know what's wrong with me. But when you find yourself in perpetual disobedience, that means you do not love him. And that means that the world is not so much the problem as you are. And then we have, we have to take that responsibility. Let's take that responsibility upon ourselves and say, Lord, make me better. Make me better. Help me to understand. Help me to walk out your precepts. Cause me to do it, Jesus. And, and you don't have to strive to do it. You, you know, it's like God has already given you the spirit of God. I mean, the same spirit that hovered over the waters in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1. The same spirit that was hovering over chaos, brooding, 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 brooding. Like, like a chicken, uh, uh, they own the eggs, waiting for life to come forth. And then God said, let there be. And when he said, let there be, then everything went into motion. That's who we are. We have that spirit living in us. Jesus says in John 14, 31, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. Jesus says in this scripture, that the world may know that I love the Father. As the Father gave me commandment, so I do. So Jesus is saying that the world will know that you are set apart. They may not always know the mechanics there, but they will know that there's something different about you. They will know that you are a world changer. You are a life changer because you have the life giver in you. That's what he's saying to us. That's what he's saying to us. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and make known who I really am in him. Let's look at John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 9. Verse 9. The scripture reads, as the Father loved me, Jesus says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Look at this comparison. <laughs> for me, the scripture is just mind-blowing. You know, you read these scriptures for years, decades, decades, decade upon decade, and then suddenly you read and you say, oh, God. In the manner that God the Father 
has the ability to love, I also have loved you in that same manner. Nothing lacking. Love that is full of ability and look full of capacity. And then Jesus gives a, a command, abide in my love. What Jesus is saying, be intentional about it. We're intentional about going to work. We're intentional about buying things that we like to buy. Why can't we be intentional about obeying and thus becoming world changers? Abide in my love. Remain in my love. Stay in my love. Keep yourself there. Why? By believing. That's all you have to do. Just by keep believing it. I believe you. I wake up every day believing. I don't wake up every day and make up, making up your mind whether or not you're going to believe God for that difficult thing today. Now, I, I need God to walk with, with me and hold my hand. I, I told you about the story when my brother Elliot was, we, we, I was working for him, uh, trying to earn a little extra money a number of years ago. And uh, I was drilling a very, very difficult well. And uh, that well was difficult primarily, well, it was difficult because it was difficult at first. <laughs> but then it became more difficult because the owner wanted to tell us how to drill it and didn't know what he was doing. And I, it was a tough situation. It was a situation where you could get everybody killed in the, situ in the situation. And I was working and I was trying to work through that problem. And I called him about 2 a.m. or something like that. I said, hey, E, I got the situation. This is what's going on. And this is what I did. What do you think? He said, you did the right thing. I said, I thought I did, but I needed somebody to hold my hand. <laughs> Jesus is that somebody who holds your hand. That's what Jesus is for. So God sent Jesus to hold your hand through every difficult decision you will ever make. When you feel like running, literally running, Jesus is there to hold your hand, and he will hold you steadily. Love Jesus in that manner. Know who you have in Jesus Christ. He is so amazingly wonderful. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. What? Yeah, if you just obey me, that's where you will be. You will always be in my love, and you will ha always have that overcoming ability. Always. That's what Jesus is telling us. Don't you love Jesus? Yeah. And Jesus compares again. He compares. He doesn't contrast. He compares. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as, in the same manner as, I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So Jesus is going to the cross, the pure, sinless Lamb of God, never sinned in thought, word, or deed, for, for from the beginning, even before time, you know, he had never known that kind of thing. And now he is going through the cross to take on the sin of the whole world, to become sin. He said, how can you walk through it, Jesus? He says, because of the Father's love. Because of God's love for me and my love for him. They're working in tandem. They're working together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because he loves me. He loves me. And that's what Jesus wants you to know. So there is no situation that's so grand, so big, so difficult that you cannot get through. There are no troubled waters that you are unable to navigate. 
because of the love of Jesus Christ. His love is his strength. Now, listen what Jesus says. This is so otherworldly. In verse 11, he says, These things I have spoken to you. Because these disciples didn't, didn't have a clue. Oftentimes, Jesus was telling them things, and, and they were hearing. But they, they, I mean, what do you think he meant by that? <laughs> yeah, they were, I don't know. Won't you ask him? No, I'm not going to ask him. Ask Peter to ask him. <laughs> well, Peter, Peter would ask him. <laughs> Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you that, for this reason, that my joy may remain in you. I have given you these love words that my joy may remain in you. That this joy is unspeakable, unshakable joy that it may remain in you. And, and that your joy now may be full. Full, total, full joy. Jesus, what Jesus is speaking of shows us an equality here. He speaks of, of, of an equality. That is, the love that God is toward Jesus, and Jesus is toward God. Jesus now is toward us, and we are correspondingly to be toward Jesus. That's what keeps us, and that's what keeps us filled with joy. Jesus is saying that you love one another as I have loved you in the same manner. I'm going to attempt another few verses. In verse 12, John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So Jesus is saying to the church, through the disciples, I want you, I'm commanding you, rather, to love one another in the same manner that I've loved you totally selflessly. I want you to give your life for each other. I want you to give your life for each other. I remember days when I was willing to give my life for people I thought was worth it, but I was not willing to give my life for the worthless but that's not the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus is he gave his life for heathen, rank sinners, murderers. That's what Jesus did. For wicked people. Because the only way they're not going to be wicked is that he gives his life. So Jesus is not saying, wait until that man uh, gets it all right before you love him. That, that woman who is causing you a lot of grief, he's not saying she's got to get it all right, then you will love her. And those children who are crazy like little bugs on the, on the ground. And you wonder, where do they get this? They didn't get it from me. Yes, they did. <laughs> they got aimless conduct from you. Yeah. But love will, will change that. I, I'm going to say to you, my parents loved me through my, my craziness. They loved me through it. Now, there always also was a little additional things. But and they would say, I'm doing this because I love you. Yeah. I'm going to put the Board of Education to the seat of your learning. 
So Jesus is saying to us, love like I loved you. Now notice what he says. Greater love has no one than this. Greater love has no one than this. Than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his life up for us. But you and I can lay down our lives every day when you have that difficult person in your life and you just want them out of the way. And then you begin to pray those imprecatory prayers. You know, those imprecatory pray prayers, right? You all know what they are. Lord, just get them out of the way. Any kind of way you can get them out of here. Drag them out, knock them out, pull them out. Just get them out of my way, Lord. You know, those are not the kinds of prayers that Jesus is talking about. If you're not love, and I'm still growing in love, but if you're not love the God kind of way, God will be very pleased. Sinners will be reconciled to God. Let me finish these couple of verses, and I will read them fast. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. That Jesus was, was progressive in his revelation to his disciples. They were his servants. They became his friends. And after the resurrection, he says, go tell my brethren. So now when we look at this friends, we have to look at it in context because now we're brothers. We're brothers of the Lord. It's mind-blowing for me, but we're brothers of the Lord. Jesus is challenging his disciples to love each other with the same intensity and quality of love which he was about to put on display at the cross for the entire universe to see. So I'm going to say to you today, you are chosen to emulate this kind of love. If it's not difficult, you can't emulate nor display this kind of love. If you don't want to run, if you want to, don't want to pray sometimes, God caused this person to evaporate, you're not going to emulate. Because Jesus from the cross said, said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And you too must cry out like that. And until we do, we can never point our finger at the world and say, the president, the cabinet, the judiciary, the Senate, the House, the Democrats, the Republicans. I say, stop it until you've loved like Jesus. Father, in your name, the name of Jesus, I ask you to bless this house, brothers and sisters I love so deeply. And I know I'm preaching to the choir when I preach to most of them. But I, those who are watching by means of the internet, I pray that this message of love will touch their hearts like never before and they will be changed. I pray that the power of the living God would rest in them and they would change every situation where they are. I pray, Lord, that they would change their homes, they would change their schools, their neighborhoods, their jobs, that they would be servant leaders everywhere they are, giving themselves selflessly, knowing that the love of God is deeper than any well, deeper, deeper than the, universe, the created universe. The love of God goes beyond the universe. And so it's inexhaustible. It's unshakable. And I pray that we would 
dare to believe you and that we would do everything to please you in this present world. In your name, Jesus, amen.